Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where I've been through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Koot, and in today's episode, we're talking about that one time in the Bible that God rewarded an arrogant jerk who snitched on his brothers. If you're wondering what we're talking about, Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11, we're talking with Pastor Cassia Rain. I was thinking about all the times that I've seen this story uh, kind of depicted in children's films, and it almost always seemed to position uh, Jake, uh, Joseph, rather, as I was going to say Jacob, and I realized that I wrote in my notes wrong, that it always positioned Joseph as like the good person and the brothers as kind of unreasonable and kind of just, you know, mean-spirited or whatever the case is. But reading through the 11 verses today, I thought, oh, he kind of had it coming, didn't he? He's a little bit of a punk. And maybe selling your brother into slavery, which, spoiler alert, that's next uh, episode. Maybe that's an overreaction, but I can understand the impulse. I don't know if you have younger siblings or people in your life that kind of were the tattletale in your life. I don't know. I feel like I kind of resonate with the brothers a little bit on this passage. More than I want to kind of like, maybe there's something, some kind of counseling I need to go through in order, <laughs> in order to handle that. But I definitely felt like, yeah, he had it coming. You just called... Joseph a punk? I did. I think that's the biblical term. That's the Hebrew for it. That's right. I have the Hebrew here. So <laughs> which verse, which verse is that? No. There um, yeah, I think, I mean, I can, I can be a little bit sympathetic because okay. what the Bible has told us straight up, like maybe you're reading through the lines at first, but then it actually tells us in chapter 37, verse three, that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. Right. So, we don't even have to just infer from the narrative, like, I don't know, maybe Jacob had a favorite. Like, no, definitely Joseph was his favorite. And so that shows up in at least one way. He gets this special gift, this kind of royal robe with all these colors on it. And the other brothers out here, you know, working hard, being sons, mm -hmm. and a lot of them older than Joseph and not feeling like they're really getting their recognition or affection or 
respect, admiration, love, whatever it is from, from their father, Jacob. So that's, that's going to position their hearts, probably set them up for envy, which is what we see play out. Well, envy, yes, but also verse two, this is something that I maybe never really focused on, but Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Like Mm -hmm. Joseph was a snitch. Like he definitely was like with binoculars looking in at his brothers, like, ooh, I'm telling daddy what you guys did. And it's like, dude, come on, like bro code. Like I think, I feel like that's kind of one of the unspoken but understood rules of having siblings it's just like you don't snitch on each other like you kind of like give each other that space to make mistakes or whatever the case is to get away with things and here's goody two-shoes joseph the favorite kid who's coming over here to towel on us again it's just like i just feel like man joseph had had some growth has has, had some growing to do and and it's interesting because there's an observation that I've heard made, and I'm wondering if it was written down somewhere in kind of one of our, uh, by one of the people in our church who's kind of very revered, and it was this idea that Joseph is is perhaps one of the like unblemished characters of the Old Testament in the sense that like they really represent Jesus. And, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I got the sense in the way that Joseph was described in growing up in church that Joseph was like one of these few people who you couldn't find fault with. And then I read the passage. I'm like, no, 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 there's, there's some things here that like maybe aren't technically sin, but are not uh, virtues, I would say. Mm. Well, that is one way to interpret it, and it might be right. <laughs> okay, so how do you, how do you read? How did you uh, interpret this? Well, as I'm re- I'm like okay, it doesn't tell us what kinds of things the brothers were doing that Joseph was telling them for. Like, is this like well, they're eating some of the grain while they're harvesting it? You know, like True. okay, that would be petty. Yeah. Then yeah, you're like yeah, Joe, yeah. like not cool. But given the behavior of the brothers that we see a little bit before this chapter, literally slaughtering people, um, sleeping with his father's uh, maidservant, Bilhah. Remember, Reuben does this. Um, We see Judah, how he treats Tamar. And anyway, they sell him into slavery. A lot of stuff is going on here that like, given the brother's track record, like it could have been petty on Joseph's part. It could have been more significant. Like, I'm not willing to trust the brothers based on what I know of them. (laughs) Like, I'm thinking bro code could maybe not have covered whatever it is that Joseph is talking about. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. In the child cartoon that I remember having watched growing up, uh, the story was that they left the the field that they were working in to go swim in the river. And so from that level, if that's the perspective, it feels like bro code uh, definitely applies. But you're right. You know, they've slaughtered entire villages. They've been having like kind of these weird sexual escapades. They've been doing things like selling him into slavery later on. So, okay, maybe I should retract or at least be willing to put an asterisk by this interpretation. Maybe, maybe they were actually caught up in some actual foolishness where accountability was important. Yeah. I mean, just with murder and trafficking and adultery on your record, I'm just saying I'm inclined to believe Joseph on this one. <laughs> they probably didn't steal a candy bar from the 7-Eleven. Yeah, that, that's probably it. But, you know, I it does say, you know, your reaction, I think, um, does kind of, it does take on the viewpoint of the brothers, which I think is one of the goals of the narrative. Oh, it's, okay. it's not, I don't think it's trying to be, again, a hundred percent like fairy tale. Like it is showing mm. us there are some complicated dynamics. It's setting us up for the narrative that's going to come, of course, 
um, to let us know why would the brothers do something like what they're about to do? You know, I'm assuming you've got brothers, right, Justin? Mm -hmm. Uh, they've probably been super annoying to you sometime, not now, of course, now you live totally in peace, but at one time I bet your siblings were annoying to you. And yet you never sold them to Midianite traders. That's true. Uh, if if there's something that I need to put on my 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 job applications, my CV, that's one of those things that I can claim, and yeah. it is true. Character reference: never sold any of my siblings <laughs> for money, and then lied to my parents that actually they were murdered um, mm-hmm. or killed by a wolf or whatever. So, so it is sort of taking us into their viewpoint to understand their motivations. But I don't think the narrative will ever honor their motivations. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is something that we're seeing a lot more in, I guess, modern superhero stories is that there's a sympathetic villain. This idea that like, okay, we are not saying that what that villain did is good or meaningful, but we're saying that we can understand how they got to that place. And I think it's it's an attempt to get us to think reflectively on how we play a role in society. I'm thinking specifically of like the Joker, uh, the Joaquin Phoenix one. You know, I'm not saying that I endorse the film. It's 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 a rather violent one. So if you're squeamish on that, don't watch it. But I think the point of the film was there's this kind of madman who emerges on the scene, but he didn't emerge in a vacuum. That there was a whole system of things that were kind of placed on his back that led him to a breaking point. And not that it justifies him murdering or doing crazy things, but it's it's understandable that when we respond to people as though they don't matter, we discount them and we abuse them, that there's going to be some kind of natural consequence of it. And so I think what I'm hearing you saying is that this passage is setting us up in such a way that we can understand why Joseph is going to go through some hardship because... Well, because of factors in his life, because of the favoritism of his father, because of the way that the personal dynamics have been kind of devolving over the course of however many years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what is interesting about this story is, you know, this is really about Joseph uh, starting to have these dreams. He has these two dreams, right? Mm-hmm. And yet nothing much really happens in this uh, this is kind of like the prelude or the prologue to the final section of Genesis. So we're here at a hinge point, hmm. and there are a few clues for that. And one of them is actually um, verse one: Jacob settles a land, settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had sojourned. So his father mm-hmm. was like a traveler through this land. Jacob was the first one to kind of settle down. Right now, we know it's not going to last. That's another spoiler, I guess, but. He's not going to get to stay there or or live there, live out his life there, but he's finally getting settled. Okay, transition point. Now we have, this is the history of Jacob's family. That's how the New Living Translation puts it. But um, in the Hebrew, it uses this word that's one of the theme words of Genesis, and it's hmm. toledot. Okay, toledot. What does that mean? Toledot. And it means, it means generations. And so you see this in, um, it says, this is the generations of the heavens and the earth. This is, uh, these are the generations of Noah, the generations of Abraham. So that word generations is kind of the theme of the book. This is where we're mm. going to get origin stories. This is where we're tracing lineages to see how it's going to play out in these huge canvases across history. And so this whole section, 37 through the end of the book, these are the Toledot, the generations of Jacob. Now, a lot of this narrative is going to focus around Joseph. And it's kind of strange because he's just one of Jacob's 12 sons. And right. yet 
more time in Genesis is spent telling his story than on any of the other patriarchs. More hmm. chapters, more words written on Joseph than on Jacob or Isaac or Abraham or anyone else before him. Wow. Yeah, and so it's interesting, but it's sort of setting up the theme, not just of, okay, this is some interesting stuff that happens to Joseph, but what we're going to see play out is the theme really of the entire Old Testament, the theme of the Pentateuch, the theme of the whole Bible, really, which is about um, something planning, something planned for evil turning to good, themes mm. of redemption, reconciliation. So there's kind of a fall and a breaking of relationship, disaster upon disaster upon disaster, and then there's redemption, vindication, and restoration. This is where we see um, they will end up back in the promised land, but it's going to come through Joseph. Um, we're also going to see here. Um, this is sort of like, let's see the depths of sin. So then we see how God is going to turn this for good. Um, so the whole the whole themes of scripture are really in this section about Joseph. So um, it's interesting. We get to kind of, we get to trace this historical story that then plays out in a huge way across all of Israel and then even bigger in the history of all of humanity and the redemption of Jesus. That one brother, of course, who redeems us and God continues to work it for good. Um, and that theme again repeated where that brother that was not the oldest, that was not the most privileged ends up with the most privilege ends up with the, the blessing. Hmm. Hmm. This is, this is exciting. From what you're, from what you're describing, it sounds like this story is a very important story for us to be focusing in on. And, and clearly because like you said, more ink has been uh, dedicated to his specific story arc. So I think this is gonna be fun. I, I do have something that I, I, I saw when I was kind of preparing for or studying for this chapter. Uh, Jonathan in previous episode recommended a book, which I finally picked up. Maybe you're familiar with it. I don't know. It's called the uh, the Pentateuch as narrative. Have you seen this one before? He refers to it as the cheat sheet for the move. This is a uh, John H. Salham Salehammer. Oh, Salehammer, great. Yeah, and one of the things that he was pointing out, which I had never heard before, was this idea of the colorful coat. That there's actually a bit of debate as to if that's the best translation. The alternative is, yeah, there's a coat of many colors, but the alternative was it's a coat with very long sleeves. And I don't know, I'm, I'm sure thematically it's not as important as all the things that you just said, but I thought it was interesting that there's some debate on what exactly was the gift and what the privilege was. Yeah, what we do know in either of those cases is that that would be exceptional. Hmm. Most tunics like this are, or, or robes are going to be short-sleeved, maybe knee-length probably a drab color because color was super hard to come by back then. So this was really um, luxurious, extravagant, and really putting ourselves, if we can put ourselves in, into a shame and honor scenario, if we can kind of mm -hmm. put our minds there in that kind of a culture, um, Jacob, uh, Jacob is honoring Joseph above his brother's and thereby shaming the rest of the brothers. And then hmm. when Joseph tells them the brothers, he's shaming them to their father. So their shame deepens. Um, hmm. And then he tells these dreams in which he is being honored above everyone, even above his own parents. It was like ridiculous. It was ludicrous. It was outrageous. And it stoked the feeling of envy that right. the brothers had. And one of the things I think that I want to offer is maybe some good news here to people is if 
like Justin, you need to talk with a professional about your feelings about this <laughs> passage because it's really stirring up some stuff from your past. <laughs> um, the brothers, the brothers in this villain origin story had a lot more choice than they would have given themselves credit for. Hmm. We do not actually need to be victims of envy. Hmm. Even when other people are honored above us, even when other people have more privilege or higher position or more popularity or whatever it is, you know, those brothers gave into that envy, but, but we don't have to, we can, we can, we can choose a different path. We can be content. We can be secure. We can be grateful for what we have and not fall into that brotherly trap. Um, so if there's a Joseph in your life that you're like, why does this guy, it's like one win after another, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, it's so annoying. Like, hey, let's check that because we don't have to be jealous of God's blessings on that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you are considering whether or not you should sell that person into slavery, we would offer a caution. No, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. Please refrain, refrain, yeah. resist and, the urge. And, and these are the kind of world changing conclusions that people subscribe to the move for. Things exactly like that. And I'm just Practical so glad that we life get to be the voice here. of reason. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. The news you needed today. Um, but yeah, so I, I think this is cool. I'm glad that I got to jump in at the top of this narrative with you. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the days to come as we keep diving into Joseph here. And we are hurtling toward the end of this book. Do you feel how Isn't fast it's coming? It, it is accelerating quite quickly, and it's hard to think that, you know, we started a, a season that's very likely in the hundred or so range of episodes, and this is episode number 65. So we have been trudging, trudging along, and it's been such a joy, such a privilege. Uh, next week, or next, not next week, next episode, we get to conclude the rest of Genesis chapter 37, and so I am very excited to be able to do that. Guys, thank you all for hanging out with us. We're looking forward to hearing your thoughts and your your observations in the text. So definitely let us know what stood out to you in the comments below this video. 